I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Alpha Podcast around 13, 2021. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has been fired as Mark Robinson's IT specialist. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Oh, g'day Michael. G'day Junk Timers. Mate, just, it's a cavalcade of jobs that I'm losing this year. <laughs> I just keep getting sacked. I bounce around a lot, Michael, but... This one I thought was just going to be the easiest gig in the world to look after Robbo's internet technical um, setup. Yeah, say? like I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you figure you get that tap on the shoulder because I, I mean, yeah. I imagine Robbo headhunted you, and you go, okay, Adam, yep. I need email, so I need uh, m robinson sixty nine <laughs> at hotmail dot com, yeah. <laughs> and then I need Pornhub. Like that's very yeah. easy, very easy. Yeah. So he hired me. We're at the TAB and. <laughs> Uh, I said, I'm going to go to the pokies, Robbo. You want to come? And he said, mate, I don't know how the pokies work. And I said, I I know how these things operate. And I showed him uh, because I'm an IT specialist. Yeah, three in the morning. And the, yeah, exactly. And I got him onto the pokies and I got him into the animated greyhounds as well. So um, <laughs> set him up for life. So I was in charge of Robbo's internet. And I said, mate, I've got this fucking sweet dial-up 56K modem. Mm-hmm. That um, Have you got a landline, Robbo? And he's like, well, look at me. Of course I fucking have a landline. And so I'd, we'd plugged it in, and so we were—he was zooming in to the Bucks press conference because Nathan Buckley obviously uh, resigned this week as Collingwood coach. Yeah, sure, and sure, sure. Resigned. <laughs> and Robbo's internet um, just wasn't quite up to scratch as he was on the Zoom. Now, junk timers, if there has ever been a video that summed a person up more perfectly. Go and watch Robbo on Nathan Buckley's Zoom presser as he tries to, in a dignified manner, (laughs) say that he's stepping down as Collingwood coach and Robbo just fucking ramshackles his way (laughs) all the way through it. Just how fucking funny. It was awesome. Now, you guys showed it on Front Bar, like kind of like, I suppose, an edited version. I think there's about a three-minute version floating around on Twitter, but it was fucking amazing. And just... and. Like if that happened to like a like a another journal, you'd be like. If it oh, happened to Jay Clark, you'd be like, oh, he's just got bad internet. Bad internet, you know. Like okay. he can't hear. Like oh, poor Jay. Yeah. But like yeah. to, to sum up a person in a Zoom yeah. call, it was absolutely magical. So if you haven't heard it, junk timers, basically they're doing the thing on Zoom because Melbourne was still in lockdown when Nathan Buckley resigned. Resigned and. Everyone kind of dialed in to ask, ask Buck's questions. Now, Robbo's internet, and he kept saying, I'm out of Warren diet. My internet's not very good. So not only was his audio fucking awful and delayed and horrific, but the, his um, vision didn't match it either. So he would be talking and he'd be like, can, can, you, can you hit? No, you can't hear me. No, can... And it wasn't even matched. You couldn't even see his mouth moving. So it was so fucking delayed. And he looked like, as Mick Malloy said on the... Um, 
on the front bar. It looked like he was at the Unabomber's house. <laughs> so, so he's wearing like a flannel. He looks like shit. He looks like he's just got up. And there's one point where he goes, can you, can you hear me? Can you hear me? But and this is like eight minutes in, where he goes, "It's Mark Robinson here." It's like, mate, everyone knows you, Robbo. <laughs> you don't have to fucking say your name. And then Bucks goes, "Yes, Robbo, we can hear you." And then Robbo just goes, "Nah." <laughs> it's like Nathan Buckley and um, Graham Wright and is it Mark Anderson, the CEO, were fucking pissing themselves. Nathan Buckley has just stepped down as Collingwood coach, and they're laughing at this fuckwit. On the, the fucking Zoom. It was one of the greatest days of all time. And I love the idea that people were joking. It was like 11 a.m. They're like, oh, Robbo's drunk. Imagine having <laughs> imagine having a reputation where yeah. you're holding down like three or four different jobs and yet still people presume at 11 a.m. you're drunk. <laughs> Mate, you're the head. You're the chief writer at the biggest newspaper in the biggest footy town and you can't get your fucking internet to work. Oh, what? dude. Seriously, junk times. Get yourselves around it. It is one of the greatest bits of vision you'll ever fucking see. Yeah, it's it just, amazing. and it just goes forever. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine what's happening is that he couldn't hear them. Would that be right? And so I, when he was calling, th- can you hear me? Like, yeah. And, and I think that obviously his was um, probably freezing up at his end. So he assumed that everyone had the same issues that he yeah, has. Sure, sure. That because as he kept telling everyone, I'm out in Warrandyte. Because no internet in Warren died. What are you doing in Warren right, Robbo? What are you up to? What are yeah, you playing what's at? Going on, what's going on out there, mate? What's going on in uh, Warren Do you know where Robbo lives? I feel yeah, like Warren it, No, no, surely not. Yeah, he does. Really? He does. Yeah, yeah, that's why he kept saying it. He's out there. That was at his house. So he was zooming in from home. Oh, jeez. I would have thought that'd just be like a long trek for him every day to kind of get to, get to work and stuff. Mate, he's a man of the people. He just he does it, you know. He he makes that trek so we the people can hear what Robbo's got to um, stutter about. Yeah, gotcha. But like, I mean, the Tankerville's in Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a long way for Robbo to go. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> for our international listeners, hello Tel Aviv. Um, uh, uh, the Tankerville is like uh, basically a shithole pub in Carlton, in Melbourne, inner city Melbourne, where you mm. play poker machines and uh, get bashed by a bouncer about four a.m. <laughs> Because it's it's a 24-hour pub, which is one of the great... If you're at the Tankerville, you know You've, the night has gone fucking very, very wrong. Yes, you need to start making some decisions about your life <laughs> and maybe pay some child support. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bucks uh, resigned, stepped down, said he wanted to coach out the year and Collingwood said, nah, fuck off now, mate. You're yeah, gone. We yeah, don't want you to get out of here. Graham Wright doesn't decks. fuck around, hey. I mean, he only got there last year, like late last year after leaving Hawthorne, but he does not fuck around. He seems to be the mastermind behind all this. Yeah, yeah, they were saying that they had the conversations and that they just went, mate, you're not going to be there next year. And he was like, all right, I'll coach out the year. They're like, you're not coaching out the year. And he's like, all right, well, I'll uh, do a presser. Really and interesting. And I want to I handpick everyone on it. They go, not doing that, mate. We're putting Robbo on it. He's like, fuck. <laughs> no Michael Corder at the presser. I found very interesting. Oh, that's a really good point. Would you? Yeah, you would expect the um, the president to be there, wouldn't you? Well, I think Eddie talked on Wednesday on Footy Classified. He would have been there. But, I mean, obviously... No, he's just a fan. He's just hanging out. He's just yeah. just a, uh, a loyal member. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, mate. He's just a supporter who helps out with sponsorship for the, the club in the AFL. He's just a fan. He just <laughs> he's not pulling any strings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But not he at said all. he would be there. But I, I'm actually, I've questioned without notice. Mm. Does this Ooh. make it 
better for Jeff Brown or Michael Corden now, now that the Buckley issue is off the table? I'm curious. That's a very interesting point. At least it makes it... I reckon it makes it easier for Jeff Brown because then he doesn't have to do any kind of... Um, ah, bad, bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just comes in and goes, yep, I'm picking a new coach. So yep. I guess it kind of starts off his uh, legacy, if you will, if he picks a good coach, which... It's leaning towards Ross Lyon, isn't it? Is there no way that Eddie's there every Wednesday night sitting next to Ross Lyon just going, mate, you're coaching the fucking pies. And, he's, and Ross is like, oh, no, 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 oh, I just, uh, I'll take their call. I'll be fine as a, um, <laughs> look, I'm happy to listen to anyone. Um, look, any, any club, I'll sit down, I'll have a coffee with them. But really, at the end of the day, um, you know, I've got this lucrative uh, footy classified contract, <laughs> uh, you know, and it airs at the time of uh, 9.30 Wednesday, 10.15 Wednesday, <laughs> 11.05 Wednesday. Yeah. On Gem, <laughs> where all the great shows are. And also with Ross, because you know Ross, is a, he's, he loves to sit down and have a chat, just like he did when he was coach of St Kilda. Yeah, and he had a little bit of a chat. Just had a chat. With Frio. <laughs> just had a little just chat. Didn't tell his management, didn't tell anyone. Just, just went, hey, hey, St Kilda people. Yeah. Don't yeah. call me the St Kilda coach anymore. Why is that, Ross? Because uh, I'm the Frio coach. Hang on. You're still in a St Kilda pole. Like, yeah, but I'm not your coach anymore. That's actually really interesting, Adam, by the fact to bring that up, by the fact how incestuous all this stuff is, by the fact people are represented by the by different people. Um, oh, mate. And so, is uh, there, there was, conflicts of interest? Well, I feel like there might be. There was a, there was a uh, Craig Kelly uh, yes. managed Mark Harvey and Ross Lyon at that time, and there was an article about Craig Kelly. Uh, who at one stage was touted as maybe the replacement for Eddie eventually. Yeah. But he said, I think he said, it would be too much of a conflict of interest by the fact he's obviously a player manager. Uh, but he said that he got a knock on the door from Melbourne inquiring about Ross, but he never told Ross about that because they were in negotiations with, with St Kilda. And so Ross could have gone to be a Melbourne coach, but because managers are always above board and do the right thing <laughs> and in no way steal 15% yeah. of your money, they <laughs> he didn't get told that. I'll tell you who's had a big week, though. Mm-hmm. Fucking Mick Malthouse has written just article after article. He must be sitting there, Nanette, I can't talk. I've got to <laughs> fucking write this article. It's about Nathan Buckley that will slightly, I might, I might put myself I might mention myself article. a little bit. <laughs> just occasionally, just little bits. Um, he, he wrote this really long article about Nathan Buckley and when he arrived at the footy club and he says um, it didn't sit well with Nathan Buckley that he was elevated above the club. You mm. know? And Mick said it wasn't fair on him or the Magpie supporters. It wasn't fair on Magpie supporters. They, 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 they hurt the most that Nathan was elevated above the club. You could just see them going, mate, we don't like it. I mean, he is. He's above the club, but we don't, we don't feel comfortable. No, no. Yeah, they're very, yeah, very vocal about that. Yeah, and he says Nathan was highly professional and it was my job to support his profession. What a coach. It's his job to support his professionalism. Like Nathan goes, mate, I'm going to run another lap. And Mick goes, fucking do it, mate. Can I tell you a story very quickly about, actually, this might be a summation of how um, professional Nathan was. There was a mate of mine who was telling me years ago, uh, they're a journal, and they went to New Zealand with uh, Malthouse and Buckley to do some kind of promo stuff. Yep. Not really totally sure. Maybe it was a training camp or something. And they were at lunch and Nathan was like, ah, I want to have a piece of cake. I want to have a piece of cake. And he's like battling with himself like, you know, I shouldn't have it, but I want to have shouldn't. it. You do. And then he was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. He had a piece of cake. And then he was like, they were about to go to the airport to fly back to Australia. And he was like, um, I'll, I'm going to run to the airport. 
And so he put on his gear <laughs> and he ran to the airport, like how many Ks it was, whatever, but just to work off that piece of cake. Like that's how committed he is. Um, and that is in no way the behaviour of a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I do that, man. I do that. If I have cake, I am fucking... I'll run to Tullamarine Airport. I'm not even catching a flight and then I'll run back. Yeah, sure. No, you could like that. So, it's Mickey. Like Mickey has been yes. very vocal this week. He has. He said it was a... This is unbelievable. He said it was a 2002 grand final that gave me greater insight into Nathan Buckley when he won the Norm Smith in a narrow loss to one of the best teams I've ever seen. And this is... This is Mick Malthouse just summing up what a great bloke Buckley is. It was a master performance by him. But, but, he would have given up that medal for the Premiership Cup without hesitation. No way. What a revelation. What a bloke. He would give up a little personal medal to be able to celebrate 10 years, 20 years, 30 years time with his teammates, the other 21 blokes that he ran out with. He would give that up, Michael, so he could have a Premiership. Now, what a fucking bloke. We had Bucks on a live show. I want to bring this up. We had Bucks on a live show a few years ago, pre-season yep. live show. So what was that, 2018, 2019, 2019, 2018, 2018. Yes. And um, we, I, I, I remember a moment on that show, and you go back in the archives, it'd be about March of 2018, I reckon. And no, 2019? 2019, 2019, yeah. I think, yeah. And so Bucks um, mentioned that... Uh, I'm roughly quoting that he hadn't achieved the ultimate. Yep. And I made the point, hey, but you won a premiership when you're assistant. And he kind of brushed it off. And I was a bit surprised at the time, actually. Like, it was kind of notable that he was like a bit kind of, yeah, yeah, we won, but I didn't win it, you know? Well, I found that quite interesting. Well, I reckon you would feel that because as an assistant, you're kind of like a part of it. And also being an ex-player and champion of the club, I mean, he's won a Norm Smith medal and he would have happily given that He would have happily given it back, yeah, for the Premiership Cup, yeah, yeah. Easily. Could he maybe hand that over to, say, who's a a Hawthorne player who has three? Like, would he swap? Can you give say to someone, hey, you are now... I'll give you a Norm, Norm Smith. Smith medalist. Yeah, and now you're only a two-time Premiership player because that's okay. If it's in the middle of the three-peat, you're going to the same... Um, reunions. Yeah, sure, sure. Although, also, you could probably go back in time and you go, hey, if they didn't have to give their votes 10 minutes before the end of the final quarter, they can maybe just hand that medal to Michael Voss, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> how ridiculous is that? That they fucking go, oh, there's still 10 minutes to go, but we need to get our votes in. Dude, we how need hard to get is it those to count, like, multiples of three? Like, it's not yeah. that hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. And and there's a little bit of, like, time between the siren and when they... It's not like the siren goes and then they go, Nathan Buckley! Yeah, <laughs> It's like the, yeah, it's not like it's like fifteen <laughs> minutes when Leo Barrow took the mark, and then it's all of a sudden like, uh, who won that year? Two thousand one, Christian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they build a fucking stage. They bring out little kids. Like we, we have time, guys. Relax, chill out. Yeah. It's okay. We'll be fine. So, uh, Malthouse goes on. He said, as good as he was as a player, and he was the top of the top echelon. So not just the top, but oh, the top no of way. the top echelon. Sheesh, there's like. Second level shit. They're right there. Yeah. He says, I feel the people underestimated how tough he was. And how's this? I distinctly remember a game early on, right? So, Malthouse. So, this must be like 99 and 2000. Early doors. Yeah. So, the memory's still sharp as ever. <laughs> yeah. And he distinctly remembers the game. Even though Eddie McGuire did uh, say that he was worried in 2011 um, that Mick Malthouse might die. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later, his memory is still sharp as ever. Yeah, but back then, he fucking distinctly remembers. <laughs> Nathan came to me in the break... To indicate that his jaw was broken. No fanfare, no heroics, 
and he was back playing within weeks. That man had a broken jaw. Mm-hmm. He went to the coach in the break and said, mate, i got a broken jaw, probably can't play. And he was back within weeks like a normal human being whose jaw heals itself. He came back within weeks. I mean, fucking Maltas remembers that. I can't re- I can't believe of all the things he remembers, he remembers that. I tell you what, usually in, in, in football, when you break mm. your jaw, you usually come yeah. back in about four weeks. And I tell you what, yeah. Nathan Buckley is such a brave, tough man. He came brave. back in four weeks. That is incredible. Unbelievable. I mean, and Malthouse remembers that. I mean, fucking hell, man. You know, and then he says, uh, so after he uh, finishes a football, and this is another thing that uh, Malthouse says, that um, uh, he was getting persistent hamstring injuries towards the end of his career. And Malthouse says, even as I indicated that he should retire, he understandably fought the decision to the end, which is totally understandable. So he's used understandably and understandable twice in one sentence. Okay, yeah. Probably Nathan Buckley. Yeah, yeah, change that yeah. one, yeah. Probably, yeah. And totally Nathan Buckley to do that, you know. But he said, I did not want to see a great player relegated to the seconds, and that became his legacy after all that he's achieved. So if he had played him in the Magoos, people go, remember that Nathan Buckley when he won the Norm Smith and Lucy? So you go, I don't remember that. You remember Nathan Buckley, the guy that broke his jaw was back within four weeks? No, I don't, I don't remember that. You remember Nathan Buckley, the reserves player? Oh, yeah. I know that guy. Yeah, sure. We're not we're not tuning in for that Zoom call, are we? At eleven AM? No. No. Even if, that's if his even if we just like happened to be out in Warrandyte where the internet's a bit yeah. patchy, we're not doing that. Because no. he played the twos. Nathan the player was admired by some, feared by many, and resented by others. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Why do you need to put that in the fucking article? Yeah, sure. So I people like, hated him. So in no in no way wait, so say that can you say that again? Uh Nathan the player was admired by some, admired. feared by many. Feared. Do you reckon many feared him? Mm, no, nah, I, I don't think he was like. I, I, I would actually be surprised. I would say maybe he was like reported maybe once or twice, but nothing ridiculous. I think he got suspended for that time he wiped blood on Cameron Ling. Yeah, but we've all, we've all wiped blood on Cameron Ling. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And then resent and resented by others. Resented. So he's just given a bit of a clip. That's a bit of like, yeah, he's a good bloke, but fucking hell, people didn't like him. Yeah, good point. Yeah, there's no like liked in there, is there? No, no, there's not. Yeah, like, you know, you can admire people, but you don't necessarily like them. You kind of go, like, like, there are some people in our world, I go, like, I admire their shamelessness and hustle, but that's not the same as I like them. (laughs) No, no, it's not a positive, is it? Yeah. But how's this? He goes, um, so when he talks about Nathan uh, taking over the club and he wanted his own team and his own culture, have a look at this. So he says, uh, he lists a bunch of players who he got rid of, like uh, Headshaw, Dale Thomas, Chris Dawes. He got rid of the the Rat Pack. Yeah, basically. And, and some people are kind of going, well, maybe that was not a bad thing, by the, like, not, not a good thing, by the fact that the Rat Pack kind of had its own, you know, we that, and, and I think we had Dale and we had um, Swanee say the same thing, like, we partied hard, but we made up for it with training. Yeah, we certainly played, yeah, yeah. and they won a grand final. Yeah. But he says, so he traded all these players out, he lists about eight players there, and then <laughs> on the end of it, just a little, another, another clip on the way through, and some wonderful volunteers were no longer required. Oh, sheesh. So but Nathan Buckley has come in and gone, all right, you rat pack, fuck off the lot of you. You're bad for the culture of the club. And you, you who make sandwiches for nothing, you can fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. We're kind of getting professional banner builders in here right now. <laughs> exactly. Because one day, one day, if we make a grand final, we don't want any errors. We don't want the uh-uh. banner to blow up seconds before no. the team runs out. That would be no. embarrassing for the club. Yeah. 
Mate, the guy sacking volunteers, that's a fucking, that, that's an arsehole. I, I think resented by a lot more than other players. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, but there was one article I think I saw Mick write this. I don't know if that it was in that article that you're reading now, but he caught up with Eddie. They yes broke bread. I think you might say they did say. break bread, and they were only going to catch up for half an hour. Yeah, and then but then they caught up for two and a half hours. And, uh, when Eddie uh, quit Collingwood, um, Mick mm. reached out to him, and he said they yeah meant to kind of ca- catch up in a cafe. And then yep. Nanette came down. She's the perfect. Of course. Yeah, she's yeah. she's basically like the peacekeeper. You know, she's yeah, like absolutely get Nanette into Israel and Palestine. Like she'll have a solid <laughs> in half an hour. Nanette came down. They hung out for like two and a half hours. But also, I fucking love the idea that they met in a cafe. I would have thought that'd be a, like at a home thing because I'm thinking like other people around. You'd be going like, so fucking Eddie McGuire and Mick Malthouse over there. Yeah, and I would have thought that would have been reported. I imagine that. Yeah, I, I think that would have been a thing that would actually get um, noticed by the media. Yeah, I would have thought if those two fuckwits catch up, that you'd be all over it. Um, so who do you who do you think will be coach of Collingwood? Who's your who's your tip, Michael? Your hot tip question, f- coaching question without notice. Coaching question without notice. I feel like Ross Lyon. I feel like Clarko would be a bridge too far for them. By the but fact, but he came out this week and said. It always, whenever there's a coaching job up for grabs, every time, my name always yeah, comes up. Yeah, and, and it says I'm not fucking doing it. And I would imagine every time that anyone's been sacked over the last, you know, ten years, like they've made the yeah. phone call to Clarko's manager, who yeah. was Pico, but not anymore because of the conflict of interest. Um, so he is with someone else now. But I mean, but also, I mean, why would you? Call Pickers it? probably didn't even get. I those mean, that's calls the thing. Though. Liam Pickering is like, yeah. Going, like, yeah. I, I mean. There are these like five clubs who are like calling up about a coach, and he's like, yeah. I don't even recognize the name of these clubs. Like, nah. no, you know, why would someone called Melbourne What's a cult? be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think Clarko's a bit too far. I, uh, uh, well, I've, I've actually got a, a list here from the Age, okay. Age website. So Clarko at the top, Ross Lyon, mm-hmm. Brad Scott, Chris Scott. So Chris Scott is contracted till the end of next year. Yep. And then they have Robert Harvey, who's going to be the interim coach. Now, Robert Harvey, we had him as a guest on the front bar, and he was just one of the worst talkers that we've ever had. He just is a really quiet, reserved bloke. I can't see how he could coach. I just don't see him as like the angry kind of, you know, he's not he's not your Malthouse. He's not going to come to you at quarter time either and tell you that he's got a broken jaw or he'll be back within weeks. Yeah. He's not that kind of bloke. But he's just, you know, he's a get-the-job-done kind of player. Yeah, yeah. I think there was an article I was reading this year and I think Barkley talked about that, about Rob Harvey, kind of like uh, saying that he almost looks like he's embarrassed when he's talking in front of the group. Yeah, okay. But kind of the personal relationships that he has... Uh, makes up for it, and so yep. he may not be the greatest speaker in front of a group, but but can kind of get it done in other other jobs. And also, let's not forget, like he has been now there an assistant for probably a good ten or something more years. Yeah, that's true. And so that's you know, true. if they, if you were shit at it, they'd get rid of you pretty quickly. Would you? Oh, I mean, he's obviously got a wealth of football knowledge. Mm. But would you think about if you're Collingwood uh, outside the box here, Mark Neal? Now he was an assistant at the c- club when they won the flag. Is it time to bring him back into the fold? No, you're people right. People love him. He's really good with, you know, uh, sponsors, the the press. People loved him, that Twitch. It was all fucking, you know, do we need the Twitch back? No, you're right. No, I mean, I was thinking along the lines of you as well. Like, I was thinking Peter Rode. Um, yep. He had two years at the Bulldogs. Um, yeah. Um, who was the dude at Footscray who had the fucking, the, 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 the Band-Aid on his nose all the time? 
<laughs> oh, Brendan McCartney. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys. Come on. There's a, lot, there's a wealth of people out there. Yeah, absolutely there is. What about John Warsfold? I mean, he seemed pretty happy to be coaching when he was at Essendon. He could probably do it from Perth, you know, just zoom in occasionally. Obviously, Perth's probably got better uh, Wi-Fi than um, Warrandyte. I mean, obviously, there's one name on the table we haven't been bringing up. James Hurd is obviously at the... <laughs> That's forefront. a really good point, yeah. I mean, what's what's Bomber Thompson up to now? Get that fucking... Get that team back together. Hurdy, the weapon. Yeah, sure. Get them all back. Get them all back. Get them back, mate. Yeah. Get them back. Just know. be a little bummer, kind of like, hey, guys, I uh, can't come to training Tuesday. Got a court case. No big deal. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they're talking about Leper. I mean, there are a few play- I mean, a few people like Voss and Leper who got that first goal at it but didn't kind of succeed. And yes. so you do get tarnished, don't you? Kind of well, it's weird, isn't it? Because Brett Ratton was kind of seen as that, and now he's gotten the second crack at it. But and, it helped very know, much that he did three flags at Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, Leopard, I mean, did the Tigers. So, you know. Yeah. Um, so, will okay, will it be everyone that's been in the Tigers world? Because you know how everyone it was fucking anyone uh, who's yeah, in Hawthorne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pluck from Hawthorne. Yeah, now it's yeah, Pluck Brendan from Bolton Richmond. Or, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was Dimmer at Hawthorne? Yeah, yeah. Dimmer, I think there's about five. I think it's off the top of my head. It's well, Brendan Bolt got one. Dimmer, Bevo, Simpson, uh, and I feel like I'm missing forgetting one right now. But yeah, there was. Yeah, okay. There's about Stewart five you? or six. Um, uh, he was not. He was a coach at Swans, not Hawks. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, and he was also um, a, a, a food taster at Hawks Breath Cafe. <laughs> that was his main passion. Yeah. It was like sure, you're not on the books, any, mate. I'm just here. Anytime they wanted to like bring a new item on the menu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just got Stewie in. Just like, mate, do your worst. Go hard. Critique all you want. He's like, this fucking curly fries. It's not fucking curly enough. Stewie, calm down. I'm passionate about my curly whirly fries. Who isn't? And then Mark Williams. I mean, that's that's one name I find very interesting. Collingwood legend, Collingwood captain. Um yeah. but one of those dudes who did lose that job at Port, has never gotten back in. It's 2010 he left that job. Gee, it feels like it was um, not that long ago. Um, so he'd be a decade out of it, but having, obviously, the at the Giants, the, I think I heard an interview with uh, Choco a few, bit ago, and he was saying, like, he essentially coached the Giants. Right. When he was Yeah, there. yeah, that's right. He, I and think sh- he thought he was going to get it after Sheedy. And Sheedy was, like, the kind of, you know, the, the, the face of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also they're loving what Choco's doing, what he did at Richmond, and now what he's doing at Melbourne, and they're talking about how good he is with developing the players. Yeah, so they yeah. love him. Well, yeah, which um, is not maybe what they need, yeah. So, yeah, it'll be fascinating. But Moltas also said um, that they shouldn't go for a first-time coach because he says... Oh, that, the club's too big. Yeah, he's, Well, actually, that's what he said. Like, he says yeah. the pressure you get from, like, being a, the face of the club and, you know, you're in the media all the time and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know why Colin would be in the media. They're doing everything correctly. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, I do love the way he says that, you know, it, not many people can handle... He, he could, but not many can, Michael. But, no, but, no, you gotta but be, Malthouse could. you got to be real fucking genius. Yeah, you, yeah, you do. A, a, yeah. A, a, not, not many can do it. Yeah. Like, even Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he handled it that well, is what Malthouse was saying. No, but he no, could. No, no, no. you got to be a really good bloke to be able to handle really? it. Really? Yeah, yeah. And loved. Loved by, <laughs> loved by everyone. <laughs> and then, obviously, Sam Mitchell, too. So, you know, there could be a, a little bit of push and pull of, like, um, does yeah. Sammy go... I think the general idea from my mail... Is that Sammy Mitchell is the replacement for Clarko from my mail? 
Um, but it's the thing of like, do you want to take the job or do you just want to kind of continue on your trajectory um, yes. and just learn a bit more? That is very true. Because we've been very strong in this, Adam. All all through the Junk Time Alpha podcast, you mm. need to coach your own team on your own right. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to win a flag somewhere as your own team. Like Bevo did at St. Bede's, you know. Mate, you know, Ammo's and AFL, exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's almost identical. Well, speaking of Bevo, is Jamara Hagen about to be traded? That's really interesting. Already trade talk for the number one draft pick within like 13 mm. rounds. Quite remarkable. Um, I've been talking to Mia Favola a lot about this. Have um, you? Yeah, yeah. We've become Insta friends. And okay. <laughs> Well, you're an influencer. She's an influencer, so I can see how I can see how you two would just be picking each other's brains for what your next um, ambassadorship is going to yeah, be. Is it going to be much yeah. a tea? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Get my uh, flat tummy tea. Um, mm. I find it interesting. Like, so he hasn't played this year, and then when the dogs went off to wherever they went, they took they didn't take him. And no, he, he apparently got narky about that. Yeah, so apparently he has sucked up a bit and. So basically it means that if he hasn't gone because of the lockdown in Victoria, it means the VFL hasn't played. So it kind of has pretty much stamped him that he won't play for a month, you wouldn't have thought, because he just won't be up to it. And his fitness his fitness won't be up to it because he hasn't played proper game for a, a fortnight. And he hasn't got a chance to prove himself as, you know, being a Jet because he can't play. Yeah, interesting. So it's kind of made him go um, even further back. And so he has sucked up and the club has said, you're not ready for it, mate. You just because he was named as an emergency once, so that's the closest he's come. Yep, sure, sure. But I mean, I mean, when we talked to our um our draft expert Craig Coombs last year, like he was like, mm. um, Jamara was going to be like number one by far. Yeah, and it's it's, I think uh, I mean I can't say off the top of my head, but I'd say it'd be relatively unlikely that a number one hasn't basically walked into the team. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, I can't remember any that haven't pretty much been a walk-up start. Yeah, I mean, I've I can't remember. I'm going to go back in my Hawthorne head, but Hodgie, I don't think debuted round one. I think he was he he was also a bit rough for the first couple of years, um, and also yes. didn't help like you know like Juddy won the Brownlow like in his third year, and everyone's going like you know fuck we yeah, fucked, up fucked up on up. this one yeah yeah. Um, but I feel I mean I think he had just a bit of kind of enjoyed a good time more than anything. Um, but usually a, a, a first rounder kind of or number one kind of is thereabouts within the, at least the first 13 weeks of the year. Oh, mate, like um, Carlton's number one draft picks, we throw them in there to disappoint us as soon as we possibly yeah, can. Yeah, sure. So when you guys got one in 2001, 2003, 2005, <laughs> 2007, 2009, 2011, <laughs> priority 2013. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, you can put together a team of Carlton first round, first number one draft picks to play against your current team right now, and it'd be a competitive match. Hey, t- oh, very silent right there. <laughs> That's your take, is it? That's your fucking take on Carlton. Is hey, it? Uh, but full review, will mate. Jamara, will Jamara get traded? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, don't you sign a two-year contract when you're a, a brand new draftee? And I reckon they, um, yes, they will go shape up or ship out, mate. Oh, so they're going to ship him out? Well, now. actually, that means that that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to say no, no, no. I, I, it'd be incredibly rare for that to happen. Well, Bob Murphy said that they should play him so he gets a taste of how far off he is. Oh, okay. Interesting. 
just throw him in there and go, this is what you need to do. And then when he doesn't play that well, they go, see, we told you. But also, if he dominates and kicks six goals, they're like, oh, fuck. All right. You well. can do it. Yeah. Wow, that seems like an incredibly vindictive thing from Bob Murthy. <laughs> like, that sounds like quite mean. Like, you know, yeah, let's put him in the ring and just like have 20 goes bash him and see if he can't take it. <laughs> uh, can't review, mate. You're confident. Are they going to come through with the goods? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we wanted Jason Dunstall to do the review. He said, fuck off. Um, and I think that's a really good start for Carlton to have the person that you want to do the review go, nah. Did they actually do that? Yeah. Yeah, they asked for Jason Dunstall. Because remember, he and Matthew Pavlich did the, did the review for Adelaide. Ah, I got gotcha, you. Because Pav is doing the one this one. Yeah, okay. So maybe Pav has a bit more free times. And uh, the Chief is working on those uh, sweet, sweet bounce ideas. Yeah, yeah. Tell you uh, so um, in this clip, I'm going to call this player a flog. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Yeah, Go sure, for it, Chief. Sure. Great idea. <clears throat> yeah, gotcha. I'm going to put on a sumo suit. <laughs> and I'm going to go on uh, sumo wrestle uh, Andrew Gaze, and it'll be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of it, I might call him a flog. <laughs> and they go, Jace, can you yell it? He goes, I might yell it. That, 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 yep, no, that, that works heaps better. If you yell flog, then people fucking really know you mean he's a flog. Carlton are calling up. And they're going, I'm flat chat, mate. I'm yelling flog <laughs> 15 times an hour on a yeah. Sunday. I, I, I just can't do it. So it's uh, Jeff Walsh. Um, and another guy who I didn't know, who's like from um, Ernst & Young, I do believe, who was, yeah. I think, the CEO or something at Footscray when they won their grand final. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and Johnny Barker walked out. Well, he said, I'll leave at the end of the season. And they said, uh, pack your bags and fuck right off now. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going back into like the finance game or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got his MBA or some such thing. Because he said he doesn't... Um, he lost the desire to be a senior coach. And he kind of said it in a way that was like, because, you know, uh, with the soft cap issues and stuff, it's actually become really difficult and it's quite a hard job. And it made him sound like he didn't want to put in the fucking hard yards. And he's gone, fuck that. It looks really tough. I'll go back to being fucking uh, lazy at the finance company. That's actually a good point, actually. I mean, I would imagine assistants make good money. I'm going to just spitball and say Johnny's on like 300 grand. Yep. And so if you can make that in the finance game without the stress of people kind of, you know, calling you an idiot. Get your, get your weekends back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can, you know, spend more time with your family and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I mean I'm mean, obviously 300 grand. <laughs> we, we, we laugh at that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that all? You fucking idiot. I mean, we're on, we're on podcast, mate. Hey, uh, speaking of fucking idiots, it seems like some mm. fucking idiot tried to trip Chris Scott on the weekend at Adelaide. I fucking love it. I love it. I think, you know, they're, they're complaining that they, you know, have to walk through the crowd. And I say all grounds now, every coach should have to walk through okay. the opposition cheer squad on their way down to the ground. <laughs> so he's not totally sure. So he thought he, yeah. he, he fell over. I don't know if he fell to the ground or he kind of like stumbled for a bit. I think he stumbled. I think it was just a pure stumble. Yeah. And he's not sure if like a bloke just had his leg out and didn't, didn't notice. Know. Yeah. Couldn't tell. Uh, yeah. Or someone did it on purpose. And he turns Now let's assume, sure. let's assume Port Adelaide supporter, mm. Chris Scott's walking down there. Uh, you know, it's a pretty, it was a great game on Thursday night. Yep. It was an absolute fucking cracker. He's doing a really good job coaching against your team. You're a Port Adelaide supporter. You see him coming. Your foot is going out. Accidental. Just put it out there. Fucking bang. Up it goes a little bit. Trips up the coach. How much of a fucking legend are you to your mates that you have tripped over an opposition coach? Yeah, but then you realise that you've tripped over Chris Scott. And he's a (laughs) a Scott brother. So he turns around and he gives him a fucking right hook to the jaw. Yeah. 
But I'm trying to work out. Like, I actually haven't been to Adelaide Oval, like uh, apart from uh, like a, a session of cricket years ago. Uh, I'm trying to work out like why they can't find an alternative route where they can't don't have to go through the crowd. Yeah, it is a weird one because obviously at the MCG, I think they just go out the back of the box and then down a lift. Because remember Ross Lyon when Matthew, no, when um, what's his name with the fucking shaggy blonde hair? Fucking uh, uh, shaggy from Scooby Doo. The old, the old. Oh, uh, Mundy. No, yes. Yeah. Remember when? Yeah, when Mundy kicked the winning goal against Richmond, and Ross Lyon said, "I didn't see it because I was in the lift." Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I mean, I don't know what they do at Eddie at or Marvel now, but um, mm. uh, I think it's the same. I feel like uh, a few years ago, I'm not really sure what year it was, but when the the coaches would go down the aisle, and they would block off the aisle. They put oh, like yes, a, like a right. you know, the ribbon, for lack of a better word, and block the crowd, yeah, yeah. so the coaches could come through. Yeah. And you had security guard. In. So can you just imagine, though, just backtracking, can you imagine being in that lift with Ross Lyon at that time? Like, you just get in there and then Ross Lyon gets in and you're like, oh, fuck. And then you just fucking, he steps out and you're just a bleeding body on the yeah, sure, on sure. the bottom of the lift as the doors go, boo. Nah, Ross would be just like, yeah, look, I'm just really what, really interested to see well, <laughs> Caro's arrow this weekend. Just, yeah. just see what she has to say about, you know. Does she, does she do two arrows? Uh, that's a good question. That's Fuck. a really good question. I think I feel no like she does one because I think because there's Kane's Kane's Kane volcano. No, and it's not that he does like one for the Monday show. I think it is Kane's okay. something. Which uh, for, for something I watch. Well, I watch <laughs> I, I, I watch clips on Twitter, yeah. and then sometimes if I'm up, like I'm watching, like if I'm up at the family friendly time of twelve oh five a.m. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but. I've when you've dropped the remote and it's flicked over to Gem. Do you remember? Go, oh, what's this? Do you remember the '99 Grand Final? You would remember the '99 Grand Final. Mm. Um, and Dennis Pagan was coming down to address the team at three quarter time, and a fan in the crowd grabbed his tie and kind of yanked it. Do you Fuck! That? I do not remember that. Do you not remember that? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so he was walking through the crowd because he was being on the. That's a fucking brave thing to do because Pago is n- not a good humoured man. The southern stand side, so he was coming down from there, and someone kind of grabbed the tie and yanked it. And he and a security were like, "Hey, you know, don't do that." I don't know if the yeah. bloke got kicked out or whatever, or the lady who got kicked out because you know, mm, yeah. you know, it's uh, being a fuckwit is not you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> not gender specific. <laughs> um, and then he walked out in the field and he had kind of notes and he had to kind of like. Just take a moment to be like compose himself because he was about to, you know, talk to a team about to destroy Carlton in the last quarter. Um, but yeah, it was like it, it, it's, it's not stupidly uncommon for it to happen. So just yeah, fucking okay. get them away. Yeah. Yeah, I think it should happen more. I'm more of it. You know who I think is probably the greatest martyr the football game has ever seen, Michael, and I think you'll agree with me is Tom Mitchell, mm. who has bravely and courageously said that he is willing to be traded to Richmond just so it can help Hawthorne with the rebuild. What a fucking bloke. Like, seriously, he left Sydney because he wasn't getting game time. He comes down to Melbourne. The team that he came to isn't going that well. And he has said, guys, I don't mind going to the last, uh, the reigning two-time premier. I don't mind going there. I, I... Fuck, mate, I'll do it. If it's good for Hawthorne, I will go to a team in premiership contention. Please don't talk me out of it. I'm going. I'm a great bloke. Now, I haven't heard that. Is that uh, specifically he has talked about Richmond? Because I've heard about the Victorian clubs. No, he talked Richmond. Yeah, wow. He himself? Have you got that on the record? 
I believe so. Yeah. I believe that was on the record. Yep. Okay, don't gotcha. ever, don't ever, yeah, 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 ever question my validity again. No, no. The only thing I said, like he, they, the article was saying, like he was open to a trade to a Victorian club. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know he put Richmond on the table. Uh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting. Like what, two, three years after winning a Brownlow, like you think about trading them on, but then also I think it's the kind of thing at Hawthorne where they're like going, um. Um, well, we need we need picks. Yeah, yeah, we need high picks, and also let's not forget Friday night's game. Um, we're making a run for finals, mate. What well, round thirteen? If we win like nine, we win nine yep. more <laughs> on the trot. Yep. We're in. I mean, fucking Richmond did it. Remember Richmond when they made the finals in like twenty thirteen or something? They won like nine on a trot in the end to get in. No, I reckon that was twenty fourteen because that was when they went to Port Adelaide. And, and kicked into the wind. <laughs> Kochi went, you know what? We'll kick into the wind. We'll come home with a wet sail. <laughs> yeah. And then they were nine goals down at about the three-minute mark. Tom Mitchell is obviously an incredible player and, and, you know, will forever be. Is he? Is he damaging? No. Is he hurt you? Well, that's the thing, though. That's that's the point I want to make. Like, when you think about Brownlow medalists in the past, you kind of go, yeah, they're game changers. And Tom Mitchell is yep. the kind of dude who... It's incredible, you know, and, and I'm saying this is like a fucking dude who can, you know, kick 40 metres, like yeah. who does get a lot of the ball, but it's like a lot of one-twos kind of. Cheap. They're fucking cheap. Well, people. He's, he's possibly the worst Brownlow, would you say he's the worst Brownlow medalist that's ever, should he hand it back? Should he go to the AFL? Now, this is a martyr. This is a man who goes, I'm going to go to Richmond and also I've had to think about it. I get a lot of fucking cheap one-twos. I get 48 possessions, but they're not damaging. Collingwood refused to tag me. Yeah, sure. I will hand back this Brownlow because I... And he gives Shane Y. Woden a call. Yeah, sure. He goes, hey, Woey, I'm handing back my Brownlow. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure you should come with yeah, me. Yeah, gives the yell to Brian Royal. Yeah. So, so, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't think he does the damage. And I think they're trying to actually get him to a kick more than handball nowadays. Just so he yeah. gets the gets some distance, but also there was the thing I was listening, I think listening to crunch time yesterday. Oh, are you talking meters gained? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking meters gained because I think on the Shit, weekend man. about four four forty gained from kicks. But they were right. talking about that when he had better wingers, when he'd get the ball out to them, that yep. was when the damage was done. But because like they don't have that system now, because Isaac Smith is a dirty fucking traitor. Uh, friend of the show, and <laughs> <laughs> um, that he doesn't quite have the system around him now that he did when in the Brownlow year. Yeah. Well, anyway, if, for, if former Brownlow medalist Tom Mitchell wants to go to Richmond, good on him. What a hero. Hey, dude, you got your jab this week. I got my jab yesterday. Yeah, I got my Pfizer jab on uh, Wednesday. I booked it on uh, Gumtree and <laughs> went to a dude's backyard. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was fine. Like, I am fucking flying right now, mate. Yeah, cool, Woo! man. Yeah, he gave you a little yeah. uh, tweak on your nose as well. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had blood noses since, but I feel fine. Yeah, fuck. I got it yesterday. I went down to Royal Prince Albert Hospital. Prince Alfred? I'm not sure. Prince Alfred. Probably out. Okay. Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, hey, dudes, uh, you know, it's all fine. I got it yesterday. It's a bit tender where they put the needle in, um, but mm. the only side effect now is that I'm a conspiracy theorist, so <laughs> I'm yeah. magnetic. So that's I, I got Windows Vista injected into <laughs> me, um, and also I now have better Wi-Fi than Robbo's house. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, like, um, so I it. Uh, but in all seriousness, junk times. It took me about an hour. I went to the exhibition buildings on Nicholson Street in Carlton. And I had a booking, but the nurse also said to me that if you go between six and eight at night, it's dead and you ah. don't have to wait long. So if you are thinking about just heading down there without a booking, 
She said, go after six and you'll be pretty much breeze straight through. Yeah, cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I can hear Bill Gates in a monologue, but apart from that, <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. But you know what I fucking find? I, 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 where I, where um, uh, Rod Carter Studios are, um, mm. there is a hospital literally over the road from me, right? Uh-huh. And um, so I go and get their ketamine. But they're, <laughs> they're fucking hours. Like, this is... Sheesh. Their hours, their hours are 8 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Monday to Friday. And I'm like, how convenient do you think that is for people <laughs> with a fucking job? Yeah. Like, how little effort do you want to put in? Like, how a government can not just throw fucking money at this shit and just be like, we're open 24 hours. We're open 24 uh, hours. No, you, know, you know what I'm hearing what you're saying? And people say they're heroes, but I hear you. Nurses are shit. They do a pathetic job and they put in no effort and they're knocking off at 3.30. And I think, Michael, we can safely say that they are probably up there with um, just the worst, the lowest of the low. Like they should be, current affairs should be doing exposés on nurses daily. Uh, uh, written and spoken by Adam Rosenberg. <laughs> Football in real life. Anyway, anyway. Go get your vaccines so we can all be free. I want to get back to seeing the world and what Cuda and Semenyak have to, have to offer. Oh, shit, dude. The second I get my second one, off to Wuhan, fucking going to that <laughs> wet market and yeah, just proving exactly. it. Just being like, chowing down yeah. on a bat and just being like, yeah. I'm alive! <laughs> I can't get anything. I'm stronger than I've ever been. <laughs> uh, from Matilda. I uh, got a footballer in real life for you. Last night went to the Swans Hawks game in brackets that I never want to talk about again. I didn't go by the fact I had a couple of stand-up gigs, so I couldn't go. But I'm going to go to the Giants game in about uh, a fortnight, so I can't wait for that one. And I hear the crowds at your shows really wish you went. <laughs> Beforehand, went to dinner at the Dolphin Hotel in Crown Street, Surrey Hills, for a delicious pizza with my dad and some family friends. We were sitting at a table out on the street and had a full view of the door. And right as we were finishing up and about to head to the game, who should come down the street to the door? None other than GWS Giant stars Harrison Himmelberg and Toby Green. There you go. Making the most of a bye week Friday night by getting a delicious pub feed with who I assume are their partners. Well, maybe their partners assume they're, they're the partners soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, they're footballers. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> hope they enjoyed their night. The Kalamazoo there is delicious. There you go. Do you ever go to the Dolphin yourself? I Do you ever head up. down to Surrey Hills? Uh, uh, not a great deal. I looked it up. No. But Crown Street's like the main father of um, Surrey Hills. Surrey Hills is a bit kind of, a bit la da um, oh, is that right? Yeah, you, you don't like it. I like, I like. Is it Yulie's? No, no, the, uh, I like it. I like mission? it. Oh, no, 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 no. That's what I'm hearing, mate. But it's a bit la da. I feel like there's like a lot of bankers. Oh, there. says the boy from Malvern. Oh, it's a bit la da. Is it your Majesty? Uh, we're gonna hit the road. We are chucked on my foot at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Go hooks. Go Malvern.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.